Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I'm your host, Heather Love. For those of you in the U.S., how are you doing with the time change? I love the daylight later into the day, but adjusting to the mornings definitely takes me a couple of weeks to get used to. I love my morning routine, but I also allow myself some grace as my body adjusts to the new schedule. Some mornings that might mean getting my workout in before I meditate or having breakfast before I journal. It's all perfect and I know that I'll get back on track soon enough. I made a post on Instagram about how long it takes for our bodies to adjust to the time change. The answer ranges anywhere from one day to never. So be patient and take however long you need. I think it's really important to be gentle with ourselves when we're going through any kind of change. We often have some idealized version of what perfect looks like and how long it should take, and we can get down on ourselves for anything that doesn't fit that description. But when we celebrate our successes, we will be that much more likely to keep going. I know I used to talk really down to myself if I made a mistake or if I wasn't getting the results I wanted. It wasn't until I started to praise myself, have compassion, and truly loved myself that I started to see the changes I desired. I had to become my biggest supporter. I had to stop relying on others for validation. And that is when things shifted. So I invite you to release the judgments of what you think things should look like. Everything is perfect, and so are you. I'm so excited to share today's guest with you. My friend Jari is a military wife, a mom, a former teacher of the year, and a new age thought leader, among many other things. She is one of the most kind souls I know, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. She lives life on her terms, and she will inspire you to do the same. Without further ado, let's welcome Jari to the show. Jari, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Yes, thank you for having me. It's so good to see your face. I haven't actually seen you in a while. So thank you. Thank you. The way I would like to start today is I'm going to have you pick a color, either red or blue, and then I am going to ask you a random question out of a red book or a blue book. Ooh, I love that. Um, I think I will pick blue because it's my husband's favorite color. Blue. All right. Just pick a random question on a random page. <laughs> will Adam Levine ever leave Maroon 5? <laughs> First of all, that is a divine question, okay? Because I do love Adam Levine. And I was just talking to my husband about Adam Levine last night. (laughs) I said, if I ever joined The Voice, I would pick Adam Levine as a coach. But I do not think he will ever leave Maroon 5. No, I don't. I mean, it's given him a lot of success, right? You know, and honestly, I I didn't even, is Maroon 5, are they even still making new music? Like, I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, kind of sort of like Adam made a, a, a later song maybe like a year ago and then the band they kind of helped out with it so yeah they th- do things here and there okay cool cool <laughs> I love him too <laughs> all right so tell me just a little bit about what kind of personality did young Jerry have what was she like what did she like to do oh girl girl young Jerry was very imaginative. She had a huge imagination. 
mostly quiet. Um, and she loved playing outside, girl. She played outside from sun up to sundown, literally. Um, very people person, had a lot of friends, and was so sweet. She was so, 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 so sweet. I love that question. Thank you for asking that because that stirred up some emotions for me, some, some feel good emotions for me. You are still very sweet. So <laughs> I can see that carried through. Uh, what did she want to be when she grew up? She wanted to be a lot of things. She loved the dance. As a matter of fact, as a young girl, I was in, um, I was in dance groups. I was in choir, anything that allowed me to express myself, I was in. And so she wanted to be a dancer. She wanted to be a singer. Um, that, was, th- that was it. She just, she wanted to do that. She was all into that. Okay. <laughs> and I know you, you got some sick dance moves as an adult. So do you, do you still sing? <laughs> I do still sing in the shower, in the car. <laughs> hey, that's where the best acoustics are. So I totally get that. <laughs> right. Okay. So I met you in December of 2020 and we were kind of both on this path of self-discovery. We were in a place where we didn't feel completely fulfilled with our lives. So I have never had never met you up until that point. And I am just so inspired by you and your story. And I think it's safe to say that you're in a very different place now than you were back in December of 2020. So I would love for you to tell us what got you to that point in December of 2020, where you're like, I need, I need to do something different. I need to make a change. Uh, First of all, I just want to honor the fact that you and I have been friends for almost two full years. It'd be what two full years in December of this year. I love that because although we've never met in person, it feels like we know each other because of the intimate setting we were in. Ah, which going back to your question, before I got to that point, I was like, girl, I I like to use this term, this analogy all the time. I was like a hamster on a wheel, like just going around chasing the bread that the hamster never gets, you know, just go on the wheel, 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 and they never get the bread. It's like, that's how I felt. I was just going, 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 going. And um, being a mom of three, you know, a military spouse for my whole adult life, living in an area where I knew no one, um, and then my husband deploying and leaving. And then here I am working with three children, not knowing anybody, but still trying to get to what I considered my desired role in a job. It became exhausting, you know, like I lost so many parts of myself during that time until December, 2020, when I got into the group and I re I gained those back only to find out they were never lost. I just suppressed them. You forgot, right? Forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so all of that led me um, up to, to it. But the main thing was when we moved, just picked up and moved Heather. I didn't, I didn't really put much thought into it. I just knew that mentally I wasn't in a space that was healthy. Um, it wasn't healthy for me. I mean, I was having deep, dark thoughts about myself, wasn't feeling good. Didn't think that I even wanted to be in in the physical realm anymore. Mm. Those feelings, instead of me, you know, looking a little deeper at that time, I thought, you know what, I just need to pick up and move. I just need to move away from this, this physical place. I just need to move. 
And so that's what I did. Like my husband is, is a go with the flow type type guy. So I was like, look, we're moving. Okay. We're picking up the family and we're moving. And I just chose a place that I thought would be better. Not realizing that the place that I needed to focus on was in my internal place, mm. not my external place. So when I moved, it's, it was nice because, you know, every time you move somewhere new or you're somewhere new, that new feeling feels good. Right. But after that feeling wore off, I'm like, oh yeah, but I still, I'm still having these thoughts. I still feel the way I feel like what's wrong. I moved. I have new, a new, a new scenery, a new job. This should be different. It's interesting to see, isn't it? How we think that when we get the new job, when we get the new house, when we get the new relationship, when we lose the weight that we think everything is going to shift for us. Right. And we don't actually take that time to look within to see that that's where it all stems from. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you for, for saying that whenever the the community that we were in just magically appeared, you know, on Facebook. And I'm like, huh, what is this? And the title was Finding Your Purpose. And when I read that title, I said, is that what's, you know, I started questioning myself, is that what, what I'm trying to do? Am I trying to find my purpose? Is that what's going on here? And that's when I decided I'm going to try this because where I am now, I already know what to expect. But once I try this community or I try this program or this course, I don't know what to expect. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try it. And that's how I landed there. That's how I met you. And that's when I was, I was guided back to myself, back to home. Mm, That's so beautiful. So what was happening in your life? I know we've talked how you used to be a teacher. So you obviously, like you said, you were a military spouse. You had these three beautiful children and you were a teacher and you did become the teacher of the year. So I would like to know kind of what was happening in your life that led up to that point where, you know, it was like from outside, it appears you quote unquote have it all right. But then you're still internally having these thoughts, these struggles. So I would just kind of like to know what was happening in your life from that perspective. Yes. I love that question. Yes. As you said, from outside, it looked like, Oh, Jerry's got it all together. Jerry's, you know, she's married. Um, you know, he has a nice career. They have beautiful children. She's a teacher. Da, 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 da. And like you said, Internally, I was struggling so much because I go back to the hamster on the wheel. I'm chasing something that I feel like I needed. I chased. And once I got it, I wasn't fulfilled. Being teacher of the year was never my intention. It's not what I was going for. I was just trying to move up on the food chain. You know, I was trying to move up. (laughs) And, (laughs) And because as a teacher, because as a teacher, you know, I truly believe as a teacher, you know, you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> you don't make even the best. So if you're teaching, you have a purpose for doing that. You, It's really a choice that you want to be present. You want to be there. And that was my driving force, the success that the students that I taught had in such a short amount of time, because I only taught for four years. And in the state of Georgia, in order to be even considered for teacher of the year, you have to teach for three years. Um, yeah. And so I want to say, and I don't have the proof, but I could probably get it that I was probably one of the, the youngest teacher of the years. Oh, that's amazing. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, like the the students, the success that I was having with those students and how some of these students who were written off and were termed as like, oh, they can't learn or they're this, they're that. They were labeled. I took like, I love them. I wanted to push them even further. And you know how I, you know how my mind works and some of the things that I post on social media, I think differently, you know, I think uniquely. And I always felt like you don't have to, you know, go this one way. You don't have to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever you want to be. Let's celebrate that. Let's push that out. And that was my role as a teacher. Okay. While doing that, I experienced a lot of other educators who didn't agree with that. And so that became hard for me to be in a building with many other women who didn't agree with the the way I taught, who, um, I don't know, who felt maybe threatened by the way I taught because I did, you know, bring up, introduce other ideas that may have challenged their, their ideas. And um, that was stressful. And so that's when I kind of turned my attention to something else. Like, you know what, maybe I, maybe this is not for me. And that was the year that I, I resigned. In the same year, I was nominated and won teacher of the year. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. That's so amazing. So yeah, I have the utmost respect for teachers. Like they have got, they do not have it easy. Right. I mean, and especially given in today's world and everything that happened with the pandemic, but, you know, I love that you were able to kind of pull the strengths out of students that, like you said, people had kind of written off. And I think that just is such a beautiful skill because, as much good that comes out of the school education system, they do groom you to fit in a box and to work for other people. And it can be such a nice shift to see a teacher who is willing to step outside of the rules and kind of say, you know what, it's okay if you don't learn this the way everyone else learns it, or it's okay if you do this differently. And so I applaud you for that because I got chills as you were talking, like, that's just, we need more of that in this world. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And thank you for, I received that applause because you know, it was, it was difficult. You know, it was so difficult. And then the school that I worked at was classified and still is classified as a title one school, which you get that schools get that classification based off of the high percentage of low income students that attend the dynamics or the demographics of the school. You know, most students were receiving free lunch, reduced lunch, free breakfast because of their income status. So you got these children coming in with already you know, heaviness and a mindset that maybe I'm not good enough or I don't have money, so I can't do this. Or they already come in with a limited mindset. And so I feel that it's even that more important to provide a space and an environment for them to let them know that your uniqueness is what's going to push you forward. You know, you don't have to be like, you know, this person over there who goes to this school who has this amount of money. No, that's not your story. So let's focus on your story. And so that um that was difficult working at that school and then working at a title one school calls for a lot more um work to be put in from teachers like i was working literally seven days a week i'd go to my classroom on saturdays and sundays in the summer to prep you know get the to do the extra when there may have been other schools who didn't have those same demographics who didn't have to put in that much work so 
it was stressful, you know, and then I had my own three and then my husband was in another country. And so all of that combined weighed heavy on me. And I started to see myself sinking and I started to see less of myself and feel like less of myself, which is when I chose to resign. Mm. And that takes so much courage to be able to say, this is not working. And I have no doubts that your students were probably so sad to see you go because your love for them is just so evident. But at the same time, it's so important to recognize that and take care of yourself. Yes, yes. So I'm so glad that you then, you know, you took care of you, you resigned. Is that then when is, was that about in December of 2020 or what's the time frame for that? Yes. When I resigned, it was in May of 2019. Okay. So you had about a year and a half before I actually met you. Yeah. And tell me what was going on with you in that year and a half. <laughs> a lot because when I resigned in May of 2019, my family and I, we that's when we picked up and moved in July of 2019 to outside of Atlanta. During that time, or doing from that time to this time, I was just trying different things. I'm like, you know what? I went back to the drawing board and I started to look at myself like, what is it that I really like to do? I mean, I was trying all kinds of jobs, girl. <laughs> Tried to be a baker. I tried to be, I even want to go to school to be, um, to be a yoga instructor. I still do because I love yoga. I want to do that. I became a Zumba instructor. Oh, amazing. Um, (laughs) Yes. I can see you. I can see you up there shaking your booty and getting your groove on. Heck yeah. Gladly shaking my booty because I love to do it. (laughs) And so, yeah, I became a Zumba instructor. I even thought about you maybe try and teaching again, which I did do that part-time. And then that's when I really realized like, nope, this is no, don't even in a, in a different school system where the, the demographics were different. It, it was still a no for me. Um, and then I got the job that I have now. I became a proofreader of Bibles. That so, is amazing. So tell me more about that. The company that I work for, it's like the biggest publishing company that proofreads most of the major Bibles all over. And what I do love about that job, because I do love to read, is that, you know, you know, how Christianity and how big it is in America. I actually have read the Bible, I don't know how many times in different versions. And I got to actually develop my own understanding of the Bible instead of hearsay you know, the Bible can have such a negative connotation, you know, it really can. And people say, oh, but when you, act, when I actually sat down and I read it and it was, it's a job, my job. And I read it in different formats and different versions. I'm like, oh, wow. It really elevated my, my thinking. It opened my heart. It changed, you know, my viewpoint on everything because I, I'm not religious. I don't, um, you know, I don't have a, a religion or anything, but I love to explore and I love to take from all different places. And so by reading the Bible several times, that has been such a good thing for me. And it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. It's been two years, a little over two years since I've been here. And um, I love it. I love it. 
That is so fascinating. I I will say I have never actually read the Bible, but I do know enough to be dangerous in that I have, uh, you know, definitely read enough that I can pick out certain pieces that make sense to me. And I'm like, okay, I can get on board with that. And, you know, for a long time, I had this aversion to the word God because I had always been told, you know, it's this old man with long white hair in the sky and he's constantly judging you. And I thought, well, that's a lot of bullshit. You know, I am not like, I, I'm going to make mistakes. I am not perfect. And here there's this, this old man who's going to decide my fate, you know? And so it is only in the last year and a half or so where I've really come to terms with that's not what God is. And, you know, some people feel better calling it the universe or the divine or whatever. I use it all interchangeably, but I love that you've been able to take bits and pieces and really kind of make your own religion out of it. Yes. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. I love what you said about using terms interchangeably because I do too. You know, I do too. It's like, whatever I feel called to say at the moment is what I say, but um, I've noticed that the receiver or the hearer of what I'm saying, because they have their own perception, you know, they may pay attention more to the word that I'm using instead of the feeling that I'm putting behind it. And they may miss the whole message. I feel like that's so important to when we hear, like you said, we hear the Bible and we hear, you know, God to put in place our own terminology or our own perception of what God is and still listen to the the person speaking with open heart, open mind. Yeah. We go through this program together. We actually went through several programs together, but we learned all kinds of things about, you know, a morning practice and how to bring gratitude into every day and how to live your life full of joy and how to clear out the clutter and really look at your shadows and things that maybe that you weren't so proud of or, you know, wish you could take back, but ultimately they taught you to be who you are today. So through all of that, and we don't, we don't have to get into like every little detail, but what I would love to know is after those programs, kind of what change did you see in yourself? So before pre-jury is on this hamster wheel. So we go through several programs and after, you know, here we are almost two years, two years later. So tell me what does jury today look like? I love the before and after (laughs) the after jury, the after the program's jury is like a walking unicorn girl. I love to, I love to describe myself as a unicorn because I celebrate my uniqueness to the fullest. Okay. Like I celebrate it so much now that I feel that it could be, it could be viewed as a little bit uh, much, but I still do it because the person I was pre courses to the person I am now, it's like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't, I want you to understand that I'm celebrating myself for getting back to myself, which is so important. So the jury today lives by a morning routine, girl. If I don't get my morning routine in, I am angry. (laughs) So tell me what, what does your morning routine look like? Cause I agree. I can tell if I don't have my, if I skip it for whatever reason, it, it ruins my whole day. Yeah. So tell me what your morning routine looks like. I either heard on a podcast or read somewhere that the first 20 minutes upon waking up are like the most potent time of your day where you receive so much. So as soon as I wake up, I go straight to my closet. 
which is where I am now. <laughs> this magic in this closet, girl. I come in this closet and I sit on my meditation pillow. Big shout out to my hubby for getting me that. Sit on my meditation pillow. I light my candles and my incense. I turn my light off and I put on a 20 minute timer for meditation. And that's a silent meditation. And once that's over, I go straight to my journal. I have two different ones that I love. Um, the one that I'm really into now that I so love is the 369 Project. And there are prompts in there that um, encourage, encourage my thinking or my thoughts that I got in my meditation. And then after that, I stretch. I say thank you to God for the day because I set my intention for the day and I kind of draw a picture in my head of what my, I want my day to go like. And then I put it out there and let it come back to me and I get in the shower and then I start my day. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think probably the most important thing that I do every day is a gratitude practice. I wake up every day and I'm so grateful for another day that I just, I wake up and I'm so excited to be here. And that has probably been the biggest shift for me from two years ago to now, you know, it, it used to be, and of course a lot has also changed in my life, but you know, it was sort of this place of, Oh my God, here we go. I got all this to do. And it was just from the second I woke up, it was a running to do list. Right. And I love that you give gratitude every morning, because I think that's such a great way to start the day and set the tone for what's ahead. Yes. Yes. It, that is so so accurate to set the tone because, you know, before these um, morning routine practices were introduced, like, like you said, I having three babies two years apart and getting up and getting, and I cook breakfast with them every day. And sometimes I make lunch. And so I would go straight to the, the root, the list, you know, like the list of things to do. And then by the time they, I took them to school, girl, I'd be exhausted. I wouldn't want to do anything else. And then sometimes they would even, I would even fuss at them and, you know, they'd be like, well, what did I do? And I'm thinking like before the courses, I didn't know, but now I'm like, oh, because I didn't pour into myself first. Yes. You know, I didn't meet my own needs first. So I'm pouring from an empty cup. I'm running on E and you're getting the after effects of that. So my children definitely, and my husband have told me if they can tell if I don't have my meditation, which is slim to none because I usually do it every day. They're like, mom, you need to go meditate. <laughs> or my husband, he's like, he'll grab my shoulders and he'll guide me to the closet. And I'm like, okay, I know what that means. <laughs> it's so great. I love that. Okay. So you have now today, jury, you have a morning practice and what else do you notice or your family even notices is different in you? They notice that my words have changed. And I may get a little emotional with this because I, in the past, have been a, a, a harsh speaker. I'd say words that that were so hurtful um, when I got mad. I I do cuss, curse a lot, you know, curse, cuss, swear. It's all the same. I like to use cuss for some reason. It makes me feel good when I say cuss. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> so I used to cuss a lot. And I still do from time to time, but not so much. And I just cuss and I just spread that, spread that, you know, that energy. But the, it was, it wasn't the words that I was saying. It was the tone in which I was saying it and how I meant it because I'd be so frustrated. And they've told me that my words are different. My outlook is 
different. My perception is different. I'm more patient and I'm very mindful of the words that I use now, you know, when I'm speaking to them, when I'm speaking to myself, especially um, because I do believe words are spells. So when we say things, you know, we could be condemning ourselves or we could be cursing ourselves. And so I've learned through these practices that giving myself grace as well as other others grace has really helped me change my words and how I use my words. So they talk about that all the time. Like, and even my, my, my youngest son, he'll say things like my sister called him crazy one day. And he said, I'm not crazy. <laughs> and then she said, you're right. He said, my mom said, I'm not crazy. I was like, you know what? <laughs> we're all a little crazy. It's, it's okay. <laughs> So tell me, you said, you know, even the way you talk to yourself is different, which, you know, I think is just such a beautiful thing. And I love that so much. So when you notice yourself kind of getting off course just a little bit, or you're getting a little anxious or you're getting a little cranky, what are maybe one or two of the things that you tell yourself to kind of get yourself back in alignment? One thing that I use constantly, and I know you remember this is the whole Pono Pono prayer. Mm. And we learned in one of our courses, I use that a lot to get back on track. And I also have sticky notes in places where I'm, where I spend a lot of time. Like there's a sticky note on my um, mirror. There's sticky notes on my door, my closet. There's a sticky note on my steering wheel in my car to say, remember, give yourself grace or remember, be kind to yourself. So because I have put those sticky notes everywhere. They're like a reminder for me to increase my self-awareness. So when it comes to those times where I'm starting to feel, I guess you could say, quote unquote, defeated. And I kind of talk not so nice to myself. I remember like, okay, Jerry, just, I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. It's okay, girl. We're going to get through this. Yes. Yes. I love that. So now today, you are a realtor and that's a relatively new thing in your life. So tell me a little bit about what made you kind of go down that path and how you're enjoying it. <laughs> I love your questions. They bring me so much joy because I'm like, Ooh, I get to share this. My husband plays a major role in helping me find myself. He's so supportive. Oh my goodness. He's so supportive in whatever I want to do he's supportive because he's been there, you know, we've been together for 13 years. So he's, he knows the adult jury to the older jury and we're from the same small town too. So he, he knows. And, and he, um, one day I was sitting in the house and he came home, he said, look, I bought you, um, classes for real estate. And I'm like, what? Why? He said, because that's one thing that has been constant about you since we've been together. You love houses and you always want to encourage people to buy houses, even when they think they can't. And where we're from in our culture, a lot of African-Americans are not homeowners. And that, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, that makes me believe or that has led me to believe that my culture, they don't feel like they can own homes. And so he said, you know, your love for wanting to educate and wanting to, um, and you love houses and wanting to empower others. He said, I think this be a good fit. And I felt like that was divinely guided because I'm in tune and it felt right. And I said, okay, I'll try it. And that's how I'm here now as a newly licensed Georgia realtor. 
Oh my goodness. Congratulations. And I just have to say, I love your husband so much. What an amazing human to see that light in you and know that that is going to be something that is going to make you so happy. And I agree, like your love of education and being in that community, you're able to touch those people in a way that for instance, I could not. Right. And so right. that is so amazing. And I love that for you. I have chills all the way up and down my body right now. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. So for our listeners who maybe are kind of on that hamster wheel right now, and they're looking to get off, where would you say they should start with their lives? Is it with a morning practice or is there something else that you think might be a little bit easier, more tangible? You know, what has been the most important shift for you? Oh, goodness. I, that morning practice has really saved me. I mean, it has saved me and I encourage that wherever I go meditation has changed my life. And I do I do know that many people, because of the busyness of life and the busyness in their minds, struggle with silent meditation. But I'm like, you could just start with five minutes. You know, just start with five minutes. And so I would say start with that morning routine. And it doesn't have to be complex. It could be something simple, like just time to yourself. I encourage that five minutes, 10 minutes of uninterrupted silence, sitting and thinking, and then journaling, brain dumping. I call it a meditation brain dump of what comes up for you. And then connecting with like-minded people. Where you're trying to go, connect with people to where you're trying to go. I mean, the internet has changed drastically to where we can connect with people in other countries and other time zones and for free. I mean, it's for free and you can connect with these, these communities, these online communities on Facebook, Clubhouse, Clubhouse is my new thing. I love it. Clubhouse, Instagram, and you can connect with people who are already doing what you're wanting to do. So I would say definitely morning routine, something not, don't make it difficult. Just do what feels right. But I definitely encourage um, silence and then connecting with other individuals who are doing what you want. That is so perfect. And I could not agree more. I think those two things are the best place to start. You know, I've read in so many places that you are the five people that you spend the most time with. And, you know, I have such a beautiful community now that I didn't have a couple of years ago, and it has made all the difference. They're there to celebrate your wins with you. They're there to hold you when you are having a bad day or something isn't going so great. So yes, thank you for that. I love that. So we're going to wrap up. I have five rapid fire questions that I'm going to ask you. And by rapid fire, I don't mean like you have to hurry up and give your answer, but I want, I do want you to give the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So don't, don't overthink here. (laughs) All right. Tell us something about you that makes you laugh. (laughs) This just came to my mind that I am a quirky (laughs) And that's why we love you. That's why we love you. (laughs) You are a unicorn. I will say that. I absolutely love you to no end. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word play. Swing sets. I love swinging. And if you remember in one of our courses, I was swinging with 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 my boys. So I love to swing. 
Oh, swing sets are the best, aren't they? They're so much fun. All right. What is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? Oh, my favorite way to show up for myself is uh, self-care is doing my meditation practice deeply, like going beyond the 20 minutes and doing 30 and 40 minutes. Yes. Mm, I love that. What were you doing the last time you lost track of time? (laughs) That's all the time. (laughs) I was grocery shopping. (laughs) And you just got lost in the, all the goodness of the food. <laughs> oh, yes. I I have a list, but you know, the list is made for a reason so that I can stick to it. But then I see this and I see something else. And what did I see? I saw a bag of popcorn that I didn't need. And then I went over there and then I grabbed the bag of popcorn and next to the popcorn were chips. And I'm like, that's not even on the list. So I spent like 15 minutes looking at that <laughs> and I had to get back on track. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Yes. I love this question. It changes every time I I answer it, but for now I'd say be you despite what anybody says, be you and do what you feel called to do. That is perfect advice. I love it so, so much. And you have some amazing TikTok videos out there. I know you started doing something this year where you're, um, you know, you go on when you feel called and you share with the world and some of your videos have just been so inspiring and I love them so much. And so tell us where we can find you. If I don't know if TikTok is your favorite place to be, or if it's Instagram, but tell us and my listeners where we can find you. Yes, I'd be honored to do that. So my favorite social media site um, as of right now are Instagram, TikTok, and Clubhouse in that order. I'm on Instagram. My name is um, Jury. So it's four underscores, then my name Jury, J-E-R-R-E-E, and then four underscores on the other side. And on TikTok, it is, <laughs> it's Coco Mama. So we will put that in the show notes for everyone so that they can go and just click and give you a good follow. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. It was so amazing to connect with you and I love you so much. And you are just the brightest light in this world. And I am so happy you are here today. (laughs) Thank you. My, my cheeks are hurting from smiling because I'm so honored that you see me and, you know, you invited me on your show. And so I'm grateful. I love you. I love what you're doing. And thank you for having me. Thanks, Jerry. That conversation was so good for my soul. I love talking to people that inspire me to live out loud. Here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one. The first 20 minutes of the day are the most important. Start your day with setting the intention of how you want the day to go. Number two, fill up your own cups that you can pour into others. If you're running on empty, others will feel that. Number three, words are spells you cast. Notice how the words you say and the tone in which you say them are spreading energy. Make it the energy you want to share. Number four, Use the Ho'oponopono prayer whenever you feel out of alignment and are not treating yourself kindly. It goes like this. I'm sorry. 
Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Number five, connect with like-minded people for where you're trying to go and how you desire to live your life. You can find Jerry's Instagram and TikTok handles in today's show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a five-star rating or review. Your feedback means so much to me. Thanks for listening. Have a magical day.